Step one, crawl inside. Step two, the screws so tight, I'll go out. Cross my heart and hope to die. Stick a needle in your eye. Hello there, and welcome to episode 17 of PlayStation Pals, a video game podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and I am joined by the John Carver to my Isaac Clark, John. Now, John, you fucked up. Oh, no. You really fucked up. I understand that choosing a video game is hard. It's very hard. And it's, you know, that uncertainty of what game you're going to play next. But to put your faith in an entity that we do not understand and is cruel and evil, such as the wheel, uh-huh. you you paid a big price. Not only when it picked uh, Death Stranding for both of us, uh, uh-huh. did did we get the you know the monkey's paw of a Kojima podcast? And then not only that, <laughs> we're getting a Death Stranding 2, all signs point to a Death Stranding 2. I think I know where this is going. Okay. <laughs> you had to go and use the wheel again. <laughs> and now it picked Disco Elysium. And now what, what happened to them? Did, so, did something good happen to them? They're making tons of money, right? Mm. Or so, are they announced their new game? Is some, is some good news coming for our, our pals over at ZAA slash UM? Hmm? Yeah, you would think that with the universal acclaim of Disco Elysium, you know, the first game, new studio, you'd be riding high. And uh, yeah, it sounds like there's some uh, some trouble in paradise over there, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of the details are a little vague, but it seems like that studio is basically getting nuked. <laughs> um, you know, there's been some higher up management at the studio that I believe were um, basically forced out. And these are the people who were responsible primarily for Disco Elysium, top to bottom. So I don't have the names in front of me, but from what I gather, um, if you are a fan of Disco Elysium, much like I am, uh, there's some specific names of people you need to follow, not necessarily ZA slash UM Studios going forward. So I don't know what the fuck happened, man. I just got to stop talking about things on this podcast. I think we have to end <laughs> this right now. This is the last episode, guys, because uh, things are getting shaky out there, and I don't want to be responsible for anything you know that uh, that is actually serious in the grand scheme of things. So. Now, John, I got the names. These are people whose lives are ruined by you using the wheel. (laughs) Okay. So, Robert Kurvitz, Helen Hinpier, and Alexander Rostov, all creative directors over at ZAUM. Their employment is is all your fault. (laughs) It's your fault. Why did you have to use the wheel, John? Why did you have to use it? This is a silver lining, Nick. This is the the talent of that team going to foster their own thing without being, you know, tied to these this corporate overlord of people they have to answer to. So uh, I think this is a good thing, man. Let's let's not be let's not be down and glum. You know, this is a studio that had Joseph Stalin hanging on their walls. Let's not forget. So, you know, maybe uh maybe we'll get something even better going forward. So I, look at the ego on this guy. He won't even say he fucked up. <laughs> He shouldn't have used the wheel. He knew it was a bad idea. It is an evil entity that punishes us every time we use it. Listen, if a couple people have to lose their jobs for my (laughs) happiness, that's fine. All right? If I get 10 hours of happiness from four lives being ruined, that's fair trade to me. 
No, they lost. They lost their jobs because of your indecisiveness. All you have to do is pick your next game. Easy All as right, that. Well. Well, what if, what if Nick, what if, you know, I think you're skirting a little bit of responsibility here. You know, you, you tried to play this game and you said, nah, this isn't worth my time. I don't ever want to play this. Uh, what about you? What about your responsibility, It has nothing Nick? to do with playing the game. It's all just using the wheel. If you use the wheel, so, okay. everything, something bad happens. We've, this is the third time now that we know. That the, all right, the, well, the next time I do the wheel, I'm putting all Ubisoft games on it and, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, the next Microsoft property. What, how about that? I, I, it's, I don't know how to win. How do I win, Nick? What I do don't I know. Do? I don't know. That's why we, we got we to gotta stay away from it. It's evil. It's October. Right. This thing is well, spooky. I don't like it. Well, luckily for us, we are 33 days away from a, a game that will, you know, immediately be put into our disk drives the moment we get it. So, no indecisiveness <laughs> coming forward for at least a while. Oh, look at that nice transition, because that was the next small item I wanted to bring up, is God of War Ragnarok has gone gold. They're printing the discs, those physical copies that me and John will get our hands on on November 9th. Um, they tweeted it out today. Um Interesting enough, they thanked all their like partner studios, like Bluepoint helped make this game, and uh, Valkyrie mm. Entertainment, and mm. Creative Arts, and Super Alloy, and mm. Jetpack, and Super Genius, and you know they uh, they thanked a bunch of like support studios in when in their announcement that they've gone gold. I yeah, that's that's really interesting. I did not know that, and uh, you know I think that's going to kind of tie in nicely to something that we're going to talk about later on the show. Uh, you know, definitely points to the way that Sony's trying to build their their business lately. So that's that's interesting for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, exciting. We're we're almost there to Whew. our God of War, yeah, our Kratos massacring. So what will that be? That'll <laughs> be like mythology. That'll be like episode twenty one or twenty two. Will be the God of War blot, something like that. Mm-hmm, this is seventeen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah, we're getting there. Close. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. We got one, two, three, four, five more podcasts, or five podcasts from now. So, oh, man. Yeah, 22. I'm just going to bring, can I bring God of War every week as a, one of my topics? <laughs> yeah, just of course. Just so, all right. Of course. God I of mean, War it, 1, God it, of War 2, be, God of War. It'll be, I mean, since we started this podcast, it'll be the biggest game to come out, so, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, besides The Last of Us, right, it's the, the only first-party game, right, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, yeah. That, and the plan is that podcast will just be God of War Ragnarok. I mean, we'll be we'll just talk talk about it the mm-hmm. whole time. We'll have yeah. we'll have kind of some kind of loose format, but no six things for our twenty second episode. So no, because <laughs> because that only one thing will be on our mind. All right. Mm-hmm. Well. Let's move into the format of the show. Uh, this is how it works. We each bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, a Reddit thread, a topic, a question to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com or a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod. Um, I'm going to kick things off. Uh, the first thing I'm going to bring is this new loyalty program, PlayStation Stars. It is out officially. It launched in uh, North America and South America on October 5th. Me and both John and I have signed up, and uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's a loyalty what do you mean, program. Dude, that, that, that telescope is <laughs> sick, dude. It's sick. <laughs> yeah, so uh. 
If you don't know what it is, this is kind of just a, if you spend money, you get money back program. Any money you spend in the PlayStation Store, will you'll get about 4% back in points. And then they also run a bunch of different other things, like a bunch of different campaigns, so to speak. So uh, one of the campaigns is, is if you buy one of these games in the next 40 days, you get 50 extra points. Um, so there, there's just kind of a little bonuses to do this. And when you do these things, it levels up your, your PlayStation Stars tier. Um, I don't, uh, we went over kind of what that does. Uh, you start off at tier one and you can get, you know, digital collectibles. And then at tier two, you get more digital collectibles. <laughs> you get a celebration <laughs> collectible on top of that. On tier three, you get even more collectibles and a birthday collectible. Ooh. Oh. And then at tier four. It's just, it's, it's just Jim Ryan naked in his birthday suit. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. And then tier four, you get even more collectibles. And you get chat priority routing at PlayStation <laughs> customer service. Woo! Wait, what? <laughs> that's, hey. that's a ballsy move. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know what, what, why, and what that means. I guess, I guess, if you're at tier four, then you're really in that PlayStation ecosystem. You've been, you spend a decent amount of money, so right. Um, I guess you're the you're the black card holder. You know, you're the the long time loyalty dude. I don't know. It's just it just seems a little slimy to you know to lock something like that away you know if it's like you know you got this tier four guy who's just got like a little hiccup he needs help with meanwhile you know mom who's trying to buy a ps5 for her son and it's not working is on hold for two hours it just seems a little meh, but, but not gonna ruin my day i'm sure we'll both probably both be tier four members soon who knows <laughs> yeah well that was gonna be my question as now that we know kind of what you you get here as far as the percentage of points back um, and what you can get with those points. So you can use those points to buy full games or spend, uh, so what is it, like 2,000 points, you get 20 is 20 bucks. Oh, I'm sorry, 5,000 points is 20 bucks. Okay. Um, is this gonna move, make you move to a more digital, more digital purchases? Uh, no, I, <laughs> I, th I think it will, Listen, I, this whole program is additive, right? I think it's important when we have new programs, new anything, that we kind of evaluate it based on what its sole purpose is. So, you know, I've seen a lot of people out there that are kind of like, well, this is really dumb. Like, why are they even bothering doing this? This is stupid. I you know, I'm looking at a tweet right now that says, oh, I did the math. It would take me $1,500 to spend, I would have to spend $1,500 to get enough points to redeem a $60 worth PS credit, which like, sure, maybe that's true. But would you rather not have it? Like, would you, would you rather it not be a thing? So the fact that it's just there, it's free to join. If I want to buy any random, you know, game on sale, I want to get Call to the Lamb. I want to get, you know, some smaller indie games, things like that. Like, I'm not going to buy a digital game, uh, a full price game, unless if it's something I absolutely know I won't sell back. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's putting a tiny bit of money in my pocket. I can't complain about it. And, uh, you know, I think it's an overall positive. But no, I don't think it's going to to steer me towards a more digital space, considering I can get much more percent of my money back if I just trade in the games back to GameStop or whatever I was going to do. So, 
But John, what if I told you there's more? And that is in the form of digital collectibles. Oh, <laughs> you didn't mention that. No. Because that's, that's the other side of this is now there are digital collectibles. Uh, as we mentioned last week, you get a digital telescope for just signing up. And I got a digital T-Rex for just checking in by playing a game in October. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have a bunch of different campaigns based to earn even more digital collectibles. One is just to play any fighting game this month, and it, like Tekken 7, Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Street Fighter 5. And then they have this other one that's like uh, launch a game that matches a 1994 song, and you have to figure out what the game is based on the song title. Of course, the internet's already figured this out, but if you do any of these things, you earn even more collectibles that you can store in your digital showcase. So you can put all the little cute little digital statues up in your and display them for everyone to see. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you go to your friend's profile page in the PS app, uh, that's another thing. This is only available in the PS app. You cannot see this in PlayStation, the PlayStation uh, on your on your PlayStation 5 itself or through the PlayStation Network. You don't get to see this. It's all through the app right now. Um, is it, is this does this change anything, John? Hmm? Digital collectibles? No, no, you know the answer to that, Nick. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it's um, I don't know. I could see a world where, like, you know, I get my little Ellie figure for beating The Last of Us. I get my Kratos, and I get my I don't know, Astrobot, and like those are the three little icons I want to show, and that's cool. But um, no, honestly, man, I see it any if anything as a kind of an annoyance. I know we were talking the other day of like these these campaigns, and if you give me a campaign that I can fill out and I can get some coins for it, sure, maybe I'll go through the trouble. But if you're telling me I have to re-download these six games, launch them just to delete them again to get a little <laughs> tiny collectible, nah, man, I'm I'm good. That's just seems like wasting my valuable free time that I already don't have enough of. So, um, are you are you saying? Are you saying that because you don't like the collectible? What if the collectible is like a 2B statue that you put Well, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah, I think, you know, there will be things that, like, okay, I, I got to get that. Like, right. an, an Ellie one, a Kratos one, 2B. You know, uh, Zagreus from Hades would be pretty cool. Um, but, you know, that's going to be so few and far between. You know, if, oh, it, look, it's Cat from Gravity Rush. I don't give I don't, fuck, I don't care. Oh, it's an, a, a random telescope, a random, you know, what's the thing for doing all the 1994 things you mentioned? It's like a, a random Sony music player thing. Chord like, machine. I yeah, I do, who, care, who cares about that? So, but I don't want to sound too down about it. Again, it's completely additive. It's completely free. You know, I like the fact that it's that Nintendo does the coin thing, and this is pretty much the, you know one for one comparison. Um, I don't think you get quite as much back as a percentage, but you know, you buy games through them, you get a little back. You can use that towards making cheaper things in the future, or you know, if you if you gather enough, I think you can get like Cult of the Lamb for sixty two hundred points. So like that's pretty cool. That it's just there. You're gonna look at your account one day and go, oh shit, I have enough to. Uh, to get a game for free. What, what I would be most curious about too is because I believe they've said these points expire after two years, is can I take like a percentage of a, a purchase off? So like if I have 3,000 mm-hmm. points, right, can I take $15 off of a $30 game? 
If I can, great, because again, that's what you can do with Nintendo. But if you have to have the total amount of points for whatever it is you want, that's bullshit. Like that'll that would be that would be a major blow, I think, if Sony does that. But you know, it's there is still so much I think that we're gonna learn about this. Like a lot of the information that's out right now, it's kind of hearsay or like I think it's this way, but I'm not so sure. And I sh- I bet the picture will become a little bit clearer in the next couple of weeks. But um, you know, it's. I appreciate Sony giving it a shot, and hopefully they can continue to tweak it, monitor it, listen to customer feedback, and you know make it the way that we want it to be. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. With these collectibles right now, it's like there's there's a overall problem with people's profile pages in the PlayStation ecosystem in general. That whole that whole thing needs to be redone. So Agreed. even if I did get like you said the collectibles I wanted to display, it's like who's seeing them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is there a single person in this world, Nick, that you've checked their profile page through the PlayStation app besides me? Because I know I've checked you, but that's it. No, <laughs> right. So it's just like uh, you know, and great social players in general. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe if the functionality gets added into the the system itself, it might make, become a little more robust. But I don't know. It's yeah. a thing. It's a thing. That's a thing. And they they did say things were going to be tied to the dreaded platinum trophy that you love so much that there are mm. going to be some campaigns around that. So, and that we have not seen that yet. So I'm imagining when God of War Ragnarok comes out that there might be a, there might be a benefit to platinuming that game on top of yeah. just getting the platinum trophy is you might get a, a digital collectible of Kratos or something, you know? Yeah, um, no. And that's, that's, that's a fair, that's a good point. Cause I'd imagine that's where the, the game specific, collectibles would be right platinum last of us get ellie platinum god of war get atreus or whatever the case right. so um you know and that that's a good way to reward you for something that you obviously liked enough to get the platinum on but right. uh no as of right now the only digital collectibles i truly truly need nick are just more platinum trophies that's all i want all right well anyways <laughs> all right well that's our piece on there it, it's going to be around we're going to keep our eye on it and uh I guess if we notice anything cool or if one of these campaigns catches our eyes, we'll definitely bring it. Perfect. All right, moving on. All right, so first off, uh, I want to, you know, all us, our thousands and thousands of listeners out there, hopefully I sound better this week than I have the last (laughs) couple weeks. Uh, We're really trying to work out this uh, this audio thing here, so hopefully I'm sounding better and I'm not, don't sound like I have a, you know, grown man's balls inside of my mouth or anything (laughs) like that, but, um, so I wanted, Nick, I wanted this week, uh, I don't know if you've seen, um, there's this rumor going around right now, as of right now, I believe it is still officially a rumor, it has not, nothing's been announced, that... Sony is doing a Horizon Forbidden West, I'm sorry, Horizon Zero Dawn (laughs) remaster. All right, this is the 2017 game from Guerrilla Studios. They're remastering it. Now, do you think the internet likes that call, Nick? Do you think that they're really excited that that Sony's (laughs) making a remaster for this game? Yes, of of all the games the remaster, the 2017 release of Horizon Zero Dawn is top of the list. I I Mm -hmm. believe that. This is not shocking to me. Well, you're fucking wrong, bud. <laughs> you're fucking what? wrong. No, <laughs> no. So you know, I wanted to kind of talk about this because I think that there is often, like everything, not just in the video game world, there's an overreaction to things, right? When when things are announced, and if it's not exactly no. what you want as a consumer, yeah, all right, the internet overreacting. If you want something from a studio, you know, and it's not exactly what you want, you just freak out and you have to make your opinion as loud as humanly possible. So. I wanted to just talk about this a little, a little bit because let me let me be first. Let me be perfectly clear. I do not think that we need this game. 
I am in the camp that I think it's a little excessive. We don't truly need it. But I'm not mad about it. Because I think if you can kind of sit back and you analyze, again, how video games are made, how they're taking longer than they've ever taken before, they're more expensive than they've ever been before, that these teams, you know, they can't just work on a single project for six, seven years with no, other, no additional way to have income coming in. So I think this is kind of a clever way that Sony can keep their games on the most current platform there is possible, using as little resources as possible to make it, and you know, to appease that small section of a crowd that maybe wants the best version of that game. I don't think that this is limiting Gorilla in any way from working on the next Horizon game or the, the Horizon VR game or maybe even another project that they have. And I just kind of want to get that out there because apparently, as we've learned, whatever I say on this podcast, things, you know, things happen <laughs> outside of these four walls. But I just want everybody to kind of, you know, take a chill pill if you're one of those people that, that thinks that this is, you know, the worst thing that Sony could possibly be spending their time on because... You know, I did a little bit of research. Gorilla has about 360 total employees. I can't imagine there's much more than 10 to 15 employees working on this potential remaster, right? You know, if, if we think about what is going into this game, right? We don't need any of the writers. We don't need anybody designing it. We really don't need any game directors. All we truly need are people to just up-res it, maybe flesh out a couple things, add the tweaks that they learned with Forbidden West into the game, and then they're just gonna push it out. If they make it a $70 game, then I think we can have a problem. But we don't know enough about this project yet, I think, to have, have um, you know, such a big, you know, panties in a twist, panties in a twist moment with it. Um, you know, what did, what did you kind of think, Nick, when you first saw this? Like, are you, were you just immediately like, oh, that's stupid? Or were you just like, oh, okay, like, whatever, I guess that's just another thing? <laughs> At first, I didn't believe it because the site that broke this is MP First and mm -hmm. As you know, when you're a lot of these sites are just they're looking for clicks. You know, right. I can type in GTA 6 unboxing and I can find videos of that. Like people right. make up all the bullshit in the world. So that's the first part. Is I didn't believe it. And even when I read, I was like, okay, I'm gonna give them the click. Let me read it. And and they just said our source. Like right. one person told them that this was happening. If you know anything about journalism, that's not how you report anything. Like because that person can be lying. Like you, right. okay, you get, you give me this information, I have to, cor cor what is the word, corroborate? Corroborate. <laughs> corroborate, sorry. <laughs> it's but Friday, it's Friday evening, my brain is fried. <laughs> you have to <laughs> corroborate this, the story. You have to find other people that work at Gorilla to confirm this, or other people at Sony to confirm that, hey, I heard this, is this true, you know? And usually, you, you know, the more people, the better. That makes your story more solid. So I didn't believe this. And then I and then um, video game chronicles piled on, and then they said this this is you know this goes with our what our sources are telling us. So mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, I guess I'll believe it. Um, but um, I it, this isn't for me, so I don't care. Um, I think right. one one thing people don't talk oh, about how grown up of you. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not over the mindset that this is taking resources from something else. It's not like we're getting this instead of uh, Bloodborne remaster, or, you know, mm -hmm. or Metal Gear Solid Four remaster. You know, things more people want more. But you know, like as we've seen with a lot of these games, with The Last of Us Part One, is like they go above and beyond with these things. Like the, I know we're fortunate enough not to be disabled in any way, or you know, have right. color blindness or that. 
the color, all the options in Last of Us Part One and in Ratchet and Clank and a lot of the Sony titles, like they're they're above, they go above and beyond to make their games accessible for everybody. So even if this game just does that alone, like that mm-hmm. that makes its existence worth it. You know, like if someone can Absolutely. who couldn't play the game before can play this game now, then then I'm all for that. You know, and uh, yeah. so. You know, I can't be mad about it. It's just, it's just, it's fine. It's just going to be a beautiful looking game. I don't think it needs to exist, but for these people, it does. So I'm, I don't care. Just yeah, here, right. Play, play this no, game. No, that's a good point, man. That's a really good point. And uh, yeah, I think that's just the overall message that people need to take away. Like, if this isn't for you, then don't fucking worry about it. And if it is, great. You know, and also we just don't know anything yet. The, mm-hmm. Sony might come out. Sony might be like, hey guys, free upgrade. If you own Horizon Zero Dawn, here you go. And if they come out <laughs> and say that, who can, who can possibly be mad? I, but I, will, I will say this, though. If they go, because they could do what I'm saying to the uh-huh. old game, too, of course. You know, just release a free update to Horizon Zero Dawn. And it does everything. It brings it to the PS5. It does all those things. If this game is seventy dollars, right. that that's going to be kind of a bummer, um, too. <laughs> yeah, so, I would agree with that. I, I if they come out and this is owned, yeah, seventy dollars standalone release. I think that any backlash would definitely be justified, but. I could see this being like their standard $10 upgrade fee. Again, I don't think it's gonna cost them a ton of money, maybe a couple million dollars at the most. And you know they can keep their, their beloved franchises on the most forward platform that they possibly can. And you know, and you can enjoy, you know, there's, there's still people out there that have never played any of those games. So like, why, yeah, why would they not want to play the PS5 version? I don't and know. And Horizon Zero Dawn is already on PC, right? That's correct, yeah. Correct, it came out yes. already. I yeah, guess I thought, I thought maybe this might be a bonus to just maybe they're doing all that work for the PC co the PC build and then they were just like oh let's just do well, more work. <laughs> part, I mean part of part of this same kind of I think leak of information that that came out was that they do have a uh, PC version of Horizon Forbidden West coming. Yeah, so that's that not could surprising. that you know and that could kind of. Um, circling back to what you said in the very beginning about how God of War thanked all these teams for helping, that just might be the new Sony way of doing things, right? They bought Nixes, right? This team that doesn't really make games, but they bought them to port all their games to PC, which is being very lucrative for now for them right now. They bought mm-hmm. Valkyrie Entertainment, a team that doesn't really make, again, make their own games, but they're a support studio. They bought Bluepoint, Heyo, the remake guys, right? So, you know, I think that they're becoming a much more widespread you know, all these studios underneath the SIE umbrella that they help each other, that they work with each other, they figure out the best way to do things so that they can release the best products possible. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's, again, if the $70 price point is not there, I think it's only really a net positive. If it, if that is there though, uh, yeah, I could, I could understand some people having issues, but one last thing I wanted to say is this kind of just rubbed me the wrong way, but Push Square uh, put up a poll for are you interested in the Horizon Zero Dawn remaster? And I I don't like the way that they phrased this because they said out of 2,000 votes, they said, yes, I am absolutely interested, 6%. 
hmm, I need more details, 18%. And then the last one, 76%, they phrased it and said, no, this is a waste of resources. And, auto, <laughs> you know, and like automatically, it's just like, you know, so you're putting this into the minds of people that like, oh, this is what Gorilla's working on now, guys. You know, you're not getting whatever you want. There's it's a cost like, to this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, fuck off. Like that, that shit just bothers me. Um, like you said, though, these these websites just want clicks. So if they can get people mad, then they're going to make another article about like, oh, look at this. This looks the fucking same. Look at these stills. They look the same, don't they? And like, you know, it's just going to feed the machine. But, um, you know, I just I would t I would tell everybody, get used to it. I could see Sony doing this for The Last of Us Part Two. I could see them doing this for maybe God of War. You know, we saw when they released Miles Morales onto the PS5, they brought Spider-Man. Now when they released Horizon Forbidden West to the PS5, now they're bringing Horizon. Maybe they do that with God of War. I don't know. But, um, you know, I think just get used to it. We'll just see how they price these things because I know people are already upset about the fact that you have to pay $10 to upgrade a lot of their games to the PS5 version, but, yeah. you know. And it's a rumor. It doesn't officially exist. And it's a yet. rumor. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so we'll, we'll revisit this probably when it, if it does come true. So, For sure. Any other right. thoughts? No, I'm good on that one. Cool. cool. Let's do it. All right. So moving on, I did want to kind of talk about Overwatch 2 because I was planning on playing it before this podcast, but I'm still waiting in a queue. I'm at, <laughs> let's see, 40,000. So... Oh. Uh, Good. Almost there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the number hasn't moved, so uh, I'll I'll just maybe maybe one day maybe maybe my grandchildren will be able to play. Um, so uh, <laughs> so in lieu of that, uh, I wanted to do kind of a state of Blizzard Entertainment. We've kind of done this with Ubisoft uh, Studios before, like Ubisoft Rockstar Games, and then we've also done it with games like Call of Duty on PlayStation. This is going to be a kind of a mix of that. So mm -hmm. we. If you don't know, Blizzard Entertainment is responsible for some of the greatest franchises around. Uh, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Starcraft, Overwatch, Diablo. Uh, these are some of the biggest franchises in gaming. And even though we said Overwatch 2 is kind of, there hasn't been much word on it. Obviously, Overwatch 2 is the big deal this week, at least. We'll see yeah. how long that interest remains after everyone's played the game for a bit. But it is definitely the hot thing right now. And uh, so I just wanted to get kind of our thoughts. Uh, right now, the only announced game <laughs> that they haven't released yet is Diablo 4. And then I also just want to frame this around PlayStation so we don't need to touch on Hearthstone. We don't need to touch on World of Warcraft. You know? Thank God. <laughs> so, um, and then they're also in this part of this big Xbox Microsoft acquisition. So... You know, Diablo 4 is still coming to PlayStation, but the future of Blizzard uh, franchises after that, I'm sure, is just as up in the air as Call of Duty and all the other uh, franchises Xbox will get in this ex acquisition. So, I don't know, John, how do you feel about, what are your, th what are your thoughts on just on Blizzard as in your own interest level in their games? Uh, yeah, so... My, my experience personally with Blizzard is probably much more limited to most people. Um, you know, I was never really a PC gamer. Uh, you know, they've historically, they've been very PC focused, right? Games like mm -hmm. StarCraft and WarCraft, almost, you almost need, I think you, you probably need a mouse for those games, which is why we haven't seen them on console. But really the only, the only franchise in the Blizzard world that I care about is Diablo. And um, mm -hmm. that's, and it's, and I care about it very much. You know, I've played all of them, even going back to Diablo one uh, on my, my family computer back when I was a wee lad. 
And um, you know that that franchise is pure video game addiction, right? It's 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 leveling up those numbers, seeing the numbers get higher, getting the rarer loot, and going forward, and, and all that stuff. So it's a great time sink. And I very much am looking forward to Diablo Four. Um, but in terms of Blizzard as a company, it's been kind of interesting to watch them in the past ten to fifteen years because I got to imagine it's only been a downward trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they used to be arguably the most the most respected video game studio. Every, you know, it was always kind of a thing. It's like, oh, Blizzard put it out. It's going to be gold. It's going to be perfect, right? You know, there's been some rocky launches. Diablo 3 launched very rocky, but they eventually turned that around. And Overwatch won Game of the Year at the Game Awards. World of Warcraft, we don't even need to speak on, as, you know, everybody knows about that. So I don't have a lot of personal experience, but it, it just seems like they are unsure of who they are right now. You know, they're, you know, between the Diablo Immortal kerfluffle with World of Warcraft, um, you know, kind of on the downswing, obviously all of the culture issues that Activision Blizzard has had. Um, you know, definitely doesn't seem like they're in a very positive light in, in a lot of ways. And it'll be interesting to see that if this merger does go through with Microsoft, if that changes at all, you know, if the influx of cash that obviously Microsoft brings would, would be able to allow them to get their stuff out a little quicker, because I think that's also part of a reason that they they have kind of waned is that you know it's been what 10 or 11 years since Diablo 3 World of Warcraft still looks like it did 18 years ago Overwatch 2 is basically Overwatch 1 so it just mm-hmm. it seems like they lost like the creative side or, or something it just they're just spinning their wheels and trying to just tread water as opposed to lead the industry like they used to yeah I I, I agree with you on all that that they're very much like Bethesda was, you know, yeah. getting before they got purchased by Microsoft and still is, you know, it's just like a long time between releases and then the most recent releases like a Fallout 76 and and same with them, you know, like, a, you know, Overwatch 2 and and just like, like what happened to Blizzard, you know, it's probably mm-hmm. they lost all their senior people that I'm sure that's a big part of the problem. And then, you know, having a, a bad workplace culture didn't help retain other talent you know if you were you felt discriminated against or you know <laughs> you know either sexually right. or any other way you know you're just you, you you probably left so they're probably just devoid of talent and now it's you know microsoft's going to try and swoop in and scoop up all those franchises but they're in the same boat as bethesda like bethesda can't release a game <laughs> it seems yeah. like blizzard can't release a game either uh so and I, and I, and it's a shame because blizzard does kind of have like kind of like a disney magic to their franchises they're just there's just something special about all of them you know they're very all Nintendo-esque. very nintendo-esque yeah yeah that's even a better uh allegory is nintendo is like they just that there's just like this kind of like overall like theme and culture and their games that even though their games spread across all these different genres, they're all over the place, but mm-hmm. you know, they, they kind of all have the same DNA that makes them fun. Like Overwatch, you just look at all the characters in Overwatch, they're, they're yeah. amazing. Like the, yeah. all the character designs are great. Um, so I, I'm t- with you too, is like, I, I think Overwatch and Diablo are like the franchises that I care about most. And I haven't, obviously haven't gotten a chance to play Overwatch 2, but I imagine I'm just gonna bounce off it is, yeah. you know, watching the Twitch streamers play it, it's like, yeah, that's it. This is more of the same, you know. Yeah, quick, so. quick, quick question Quick question for you, Nick. Besides the single player, which apparently isn't ready yet, 
Can you name three things that are different about Overwatch 2? I know I can't. <laughs> that are not characters or maps. <laughs> right. That's like a like a like a different difference in the game because like, what the fuck have their developers been like what have you been working on besides designing a couple new characters and a couple new maps? Like I genuinely don't know. I don't, I mean it is a complete rework. I mean the characters do look slightly different and okay. people people say better so, or worse, I don't know, but so they remastered Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I. I think Overwatch Two is just kind of shepherding it into a free-to-play existence, kind of like what happened with Destiny Two. Is yeah. just this is just the game being re-released, quote unquote. But even though it has the two, that it's just going to move on to the battle pass, you know, um, method that we see in all the other games, Fortnite and. Apex and all that and it's just going to be another one of those and a new season will come out with a new character and you'll have to pay to get it and so on and so forth and the the single player will probably be just a bunch of okay PvE stuff <laughs> you know it won't right. it won't be it won't be a memorable campaign it won't even it probably won't even be close to like a Call of Duty campaign or that you get or you know a Battlefield campaign or a Battlefront campaign it'll just right. be these little one-off missions that kind of expand the lore, but they won't. People aren't going to be coming to the game for that content, I don't think. Yeah, you know, they'll, they'll be. Yeah. they'll either be into the multiplayer. Or you're not. So, um, and and I'm still excited about Diablo Four. I, you know, I think we both are, and you know, if that game can come out and be good, we'll 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 strap in and you know. Oh yeah. Buy it. I'm sure, and I'm sure it will be, like, because it seems like that's the one franchise where they're just kind of, like, sticking to their DNA but moving the franchise forward. Everything else just seems to be treading water. It's, like, right. the one. But it's, it's interesting, like, kind of, like, at just having this conversation, I was just thinking about all these teams that were named B, had B names back in, like, the 2010s, man. You had Blizzard, right? They released Diablo 3 in 2012. <laughs> you, had, you had BioWare release Mass Effect in 2010, Mass Effect 2 in 2010. And then you had Bethesda released Skyrim in 2011. And all three of those teams, man, they are just shells of their former selves. Those are three of the True. biggest teams of, the, of that age. And all three of them, man, they just... I I th I wonder if it is they just lost the top talent that they had at those teams, which is they, you know much much like ZA slash UM Studios, man. Follow the talent, don't follow the studios. <laughs> yep. You know, no, kind of like how hopefully Callisto Protocol, right? Because that's made by the guy who did Dead Space. I think that's why there's so much buzz around that game because it's the guy who created Dead Space, just you know being free again. So yeah, yeah, and I and I have a feeling we're gonna hear a lot of as we as we did when we were talking about the games that were at uh, Keeley's Summer Game Fest and Gamescom is like, we saw a lot of, from the creator of, <laughs> you know, right, right, from yep. Bioware and all these other studios and Bethesda, you know, like all these all these developers are going to start popping up everywhere else uh, with their new projects. But yeah, it's a shame that all these companies are a shell of themselves. Um, so Diablo 4 is still coming to PlayStation, but John, would you be bummed if... After that, future Blizzard games are no longer coming to PlayStation. Similar to no. our Call of Duty discussion, if 2030 comes by and there's not, you know, Diablo 5 or Overwatch 3 or whatever new Blizzard game comes out is not on PlayStation, are you going to be bummed? I mean, I, Diablo 5 would be, sure, I'd probably be like, oh, that stinks. But, like, let's be honest, it's probably going to be on, like, a phone or something, if not. Like, you know, Microsoft's <laughs> going to have some, some weird way to play it through the cloud or through streaming. So, not too worried. I mean, honestly, 
I would be most bummed out if Blizzard comes out with a new IP and like it's mm-hmm. you know that would that would be the number one thing that I'd be like oh man I would want to check that out because that means that you know maybe they are being creative again they have a new idea something fresh because of all the franchises like we just talked about man like there's not a single thing that any of those franchises could release that would get me to chomp at it except for Diablo and uh, and I got that coming so I'm good right right yeah. I'm with you. It's like there's just nothing to get excited for <laughs> from those because they, they can't release womp, games womp. and the games that they have out currently are all just, eh, you know, either withering away, just, you know, just kind of holding on to their original success, you know, <laughs> like, you know, God. World of Warcraft changed the world. World of Warcraft hasn't changed very much, you know. Overwatch it's, changes the world. Overwatch doesn't hasn't changed much. Yeah. It's been and you know six see. years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 weird, man. It's it's weird. I wonder how that sixty nine billion dollars is still feeling for Microsoft. It's just like it's such an interesting deal. The more you kind of analyze it, because it's like you you look at it more. And it's like I feel like Microsoft bought that for obviously Call of Duty. But maybe even just King. Like, King is the sleeper there that's like mobile games, right? At least it's going to make them money. But it's just Activision, Blizzard. It's like, what are they even anymore? You know, 69, 69 billion, Nick. Sony bought Insomniac, the Spider-Man license, basically, for a quarter of a billion dollars. 250 million. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, there's a disconnect somewhere. It feels like yeah. Blizzard's still riding off the coattails of their early 2000s success. And... Hopefully they can reclaim it. You know, it's never a good thing when when a, t- a team that talented or at least an organization that's that storied falls by the wayside. But you know, I think they are. If Diablo doesn't take off, and I think it will, but if it doesn't, I think Blizzard could be in some real trouble. Yeah, and I mean, even, even just speaking about Diablo Four, it's just more of the same too. It's not like right, right. <laughs> that, exactly. that game's doing anything different. It'll be. As as of right now, of what we've seen of it, is like, oh yeah, it's Diablo, it's Diablo three, but you know, new classes, mm-hmm. <laughs> new areas, new enemies. Oh, it looks nice. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's like game development went through like this weird transition, and all these studios are like just don't know what to do. You know, it's not just right. limited to the B studios that we named, you know, like no, I know, I know. Rocksteady and Batman, you know, like, like, what, like what, what's taking so long? Like uh-huh. Arkham Knight came out in 2015 and your next game comes out in 2023. You know, right. like what is, what is, what is this weird world of game development that we're in right now? But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't we'll know. See. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously time will tell, but it's, uh, I don't know, man. I think that's why it's just companies are trying to figure it out too. They don't. They don't truly know, which is why you see, you know, these weirder moves and things happening. Whether it's just the mergers and acquisition craze that we are seeing right now. You know, obviously developers are more wanted than ever, or just you know, like Sony trying to, hey, we're gonna remaster our games that are only five years old just because it's low. You know, it's low uh, resources to do it. We can put out another skew, make a little bit of money on the side, and, and put out a prettier version of the game. If that is what we're, you know, the future that we have, then it is what it is. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, it's, I don't know. It's not like it used to be, though, that's for sure. Final Fantasy VI was made by, like, nine guys in 11 months or something. Crazy. So, <laughs> you know, who knows? All right, well, we'll keep an eye on them, and I, I will have an update on Overwatch 2 at some point, you know? I think I, I'm at... Three thousand or thirty-seven thousand. I'm in queue. Okay, okay. I'm okay, there. good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my kids will play it. <laughs> right. Levi, I'll let you know how it is. Um, All right, moving on. Cool. 
All right, so I just wanted to, uh, you know, in another kind of slow news week, so um, wanted to highlight uh, one of Sony's studios that's celebrating a pretty major milestone birthday, uh, and that is Sucker Punch Games. Nick, when you think of Sucker Punch Games, what's, what do you think of? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? <laughs> a ghost of Tsushima, of course. <laughs> okay. that's, no, that's fair. I mean, I, I know there's still some people out there that Infamous is their bread and butter. We have some friends that might go Sly Cooper, but it's pretty much those three franchises is what we can we can tie Sucker Punch Studios to. So just wanted to kind of go over a little bit of, you know, the history of the team. Um, they are an American video game developer based in Bellevue, Washington, uh, best known for character action games for, for PlayStation consoles such as Sly Cooper, Infamous, and Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, founded in October of 1997, um, they worked. Uh, the team was uh, working at Microsoft before they joined the video game industry, and then uh, made their first game for N64 called Rocket Robot on Wheels. Um, and then they used that money to basically fund Sly Cooper, which was their first big franchise. Uh, got Sony's attention, you know, when they when they uh, made that one. Sony obviously at the time was really big into the character platformers, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, things like this. Um, so Sly Cooper fit well into that. And then, you know, I think a relationship really kind of blossomed from that point on. Obviously, you know, they made a sequel to Sly. Uh, in fact, there's been two... Uh, two sequels by Sucker Punch for Sly and then a fourth from Sanzaru, which came out a couple years ago. Um, but then they moved on to Infamous in 2009, which was obviously a massive success for PlayStation, uh, into Infamous 2, into Infamous Second Son, and then really, I think, I think Ghost of Tsushima, though, which came after that, is really what catapulted them into the tier that they're in now, um, where, you know, they're kind of head-to-head -head with... I wouldn't say they're head-to-head -head with Naughty Dog, but they're, they're that, that second-place tier, right, between Santa Monica, Naughty Dog, Insomniac, things like that, where um, you're really going to notice when their games come out. And uh, I think Ghost of Tsushima was maybe the biggest surprise exclusive for the PlayStation 4. Um, when that game was getting kind of teased and, and shown off, you know, it was very obvious that it, it didn't seem like Sony had a lot of faith in it. Um, whether that was true or not, you know, they put the release date a month behind The Last of Us 2, you know, which maybe kind of showed that they didn't have a lot of confidence in it. But after that game came out, man, that pe people, people really latched on to it. Obviously, we always wanted that Japanese aesthetic. And uh, that game sold just about as much as Last of Us 2 did. So, you know, and then that's going to turn off into a franchise um, of, of its own. There's a Netflix movie, I believe, being made that's starring... Uh, actually, I don't know who it's starring, but it's by the guy who did the John Wick movies, so it's probably going to be pretty fucking badass. And obviously, we're going to get a Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima 2. Um, so, you know, they're really obviously positioning themselves as an important studio for Sony, um, who I think is going to kind of have carte blanche to do, do whatever they want. They've had a complete upward trajectory, I think, ever since they've started. You know, Sly into Infamous into Ghost, in my opinion, they're only getting better, and... Um, you know, it's exciting to see what they're gonna, you know, be doing going forward. But, you know, obviously, I think you think Ghost of Tsushima two. That's got to be their next game, right, Nick? Yeah, Would without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. Ghost well, is the new franchise for Sony and yeah. Sucker Punch. Do you have any? Um, is there anything you would like to see them do besides Ghost, or just kind of, you know, I, I know that's a hard question to answer just in the spur <laughs> of the moment. Um, is there anything that you that you think they could do particularly well, or just stick with the open world formula that they uh, seem to be pretty comfortable in with Infamous and Ghost? Yeah, I never make a studio do a different game, Electronic Arts and Bioware. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, let them do what they do best, and they'll 
and you'll see a return on that investment. You know, they just like with every game, like you said, they get better and better and better. You know, that infamous Second Son, you know, was the flagship title for PlayStation 4. You know, that was like the first yeah. big release, you know, yeah. and is it perfect? No, but is it solid? Yeah. And oh, yeah. I know that they live in the sh they live in the shadow of like the best developers in the world, you know, Naughty Dog and Insomniac and Sony Santa Monica, but they're they're a great developer who's been releasing solid titles consistently for a very long time. And Ghost of Tsushima is incredible. It, like I, like we mentioned when we ranked all of Sony Studios, and I ranked them my fourth favorite studio. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is incredible. Like it's just like. Yeah. There's so many smart design choices for an open world game. Just like that game made you feel like such a samurai badass. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like even though, like all the duels you'd get, like when people roll up on you and you could get in a duel and just chop them all down if you timed it right. You know, yeah. it's just, it's, it was like a cinematic open world game that just, it was so good. It's so good. And I mean, I would argue that the, the wind guiding mechanic might be like my favorite mechanic of that generation. You yeah. know, the only other thing that I think kind of comes close to that level of just simplicity but also geniusness is is the Nemesis system from the Lord of the Rings game. Like that's that's a really cool system that does some, you know, unique things, but how simple of an idea to have the wind guide you to where you need to go and it just matches that aesthetic so well. It's so creative mm -hmm. and they pulled it off perfectly. Um, you know, so I I agree wholeheartedly that uh yeah, that, that, that team, they have maybe the, the most room to grow. You know what I mean? Like, like they, mm -hmm. you know, Naughty Dog is, is a 10 out of 10, right? I don't think, I don't think Naughty Dog can really improve. At, at the end of the day, they can improve maybe some of their gameplay. Um, Insomniac could maybe get a little bit better at storytelling, but like Sucker Punch, they, they just, they're right there. And they're, they're, I don't know. I think they're probably Sony's most underappreciated studio for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's just there's a bunch of good things to say about them for sure, and that uh, I, I mean, Ghost of Tsushima. We didn't even get into I, that's what I I wanted to talk about something and then I forgot about Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Like that nice little surprise. Yeah. Like how incredible was that? Like right. you know, they did they never said anything about it when the game came out, and then like it was like two months later, they're just like, oh yeah, we're dropping a multiplayer mode, and I know it's free. Yeah, and it's free. Yeah, and it's just it's just going to be added right to the game. And mm -hmm. I, I, we did me and John played it, and we had a I, the the little brief period where we replayed it. It was fun, you know. It was multiplayer Ghost of Tsushima, yep. and I think it was smart not to charge for it. And it's going to be great because that mode is definitely coming back. And I can oh, only yeah. imagine it's going to be incredible, you know. Or maybe even Ghost of Tsushima too can be played fully co-op, like. Like, just yeah. think of the possibilities like that that just that little tease of a multiplayer add-on brings to the the future titles yeah. i mean sucker punch is amazing like it's just that they, they live in like i said there's just if you're going to rank all the sony studios there's just yeah it's hard to compete with what the best of the best you know they're what they're one of the best but they're yeah. not naughty dog good so <laughs> well, and and obviously they have some incredible like pure development chops because I have no idea how they were able to get the PS4 <laughs> to load so fast. Yes, <laughs> the fast travel in that game is I don't know two. It's PS5 levels. <laughs> like it, it's absurd how they did that. Like. If, if that load time was 30, 40 seconds like it, we were used to, that game would have been a slog. But they figured it out, 
and man, like it made it such a different experience. So I don't know whatever voodoo magic they pulled there, but uh, they 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 know what they're doing. Yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that because I always forget. I always forget about that. That that's just yeah. insane, insane. Um, but yeah, they're they're awesome. You know, happy 25th birthday. And mm-hmm. again, I day one, I'm in. Ghost of Tsushima two, let's go. I mean, that yeah, announcement's got to be coming soon, so that'll be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so moving on, it is October and it is spooky season. So I thought for our October podcast, we can start highlighting some of our favorite horror franchises in video games. And with the release of a Dead Space gameplay trailer this week from EA and Motive, I thought we could talk about the Dead Space franchise. Um, as, As we mentioned when we were talking about the Iron Man game that Dead Space is a near and dear to our heart. Um, the, the original studio is no longer around anymore, Visceral Studios, but uh, Dead Space came out in 2008. Its sequel, Dead Space 2, my personal favorite in the franchise. That game is so good. Uh, there's no platinum on Xbox, but I got all the achievements. Humble brag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then... And then EA had to muck, it, muck in there and, you know, release Dead Space 3, which had to have co-op and had to have a bunch of, you know, microtransactions and, you know, fucking EA. Uh, mm-hmm. So that one was not as good, but it's still a great franchise. Um, I think the thing that I love most about it is when you're in space and it's just you can't hear anything because you're in space. There's no sound that's not traveling there and just floating around and just you don't know. The monsters can come from anywhere, you know? So that's always my favorite parts of the game was just being in space and flo- floating around in zero G in any spot, just kind of mix things up from a, it's, you know, Resident Evil-inspired third-person shooting. Um, yeah. I guess I, I should say that. That's what the game normally is. It's a third-person game in which... Uh, you play as Isaac Clark. Uh, you go on a ship, the USG Ishimura. Uh, something has gone horribly wrong there, and monsters are everywhere. And then the key gameplay mechanic is the limb cutting. All the monsters mm-hmm. have crazy limbs. You have what is the plasma cutter, one of the most iconic weapons in games. And yep. to kill them, you have to shoot their limbs off. Uh, you just can't plug a bunch of shots into their body and then hope that they <laughs> drop. You have to be a little more strategic with your aiming. Uh, that includes doing either a horizontal or vertical slice uh, with your gun. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a great franchise, John. What are your What are your thoughts on Dead Space? It's um, maybe my favorite survival horror game ever. Um, I cannot mm-hmm. cannot say enough about it. I mean, you know, coming back out in two thousand eight. It's graphics still hold up remarkably well. I think part of that is because it's so atmospheric. Maybe mm-hmm. one of it's one of the most atmospheric games I've ever played. Like you mentioned, when you're in space and the sound going away, or just you know the the dark lit corridors of this abandoned space station with blood smeared on the walls and bodies, and you know you have no idea what's going on, flashing lights, all that good stuff. But it it just it really impresses upon you everything that it does you know whether it's the hud the hud system's awesome right you know it uses the actual suit of the of your character as kind of you know conveying the health mm-hmm. to you or when you pull up your gun i believe it's got like a holographic part that kind of shows your ammo um, but then just you know genius things like like you mentioned the plasma cutter 
in the in the universe of Dead Space, that's not a weapon. That's an engineering <laughs> tool. Your your character is supposed to be just an engineer. He's not some you know. He's not the Doom guy. He's not John Wick. He's just a guy who's kind of out of his element and using the tools that he's familiar with to get through a situation. And yeah, and the 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 limb cutting is so you know adds a, such a wrinkle into a formula that we've all been very familiar with. We're like, yep, see enemy, shoot head. See enemy, shoot head. So when you have to start kind of like positioning your shots on like the outskirts of the body and like, you know kind of really test your skill um you know it's been a while since i play it but i feel like i remember loading a lot where i'd like ah, i missed like the limbs a couple times i gotta re- i'm gonna try that again because like i'm you know obviously being survival horror your ammo is very very precious mm-hmm. um but you know for me for me it was dead space one that was the one for me i i, I want to go back and play dead space two i'm minorly hopeful that maybe they'll go back and remake that one as well or at least bring those forward because uh i want to play too especially after hearing you talk about it a lot and being your favorite of the of the series and i never actually played dead space 3 um which is weird because of how much i like the first one but um i cannot wait for the for the remake one of my most anticipated games of 2023 for sure if not my number one honestly i mean what i'm trying to <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think i'm trying to think of what else would be ahead of it well, there's um, not a lot of announced, especially from Sony. So, <laughs> right. I mean, like Spider Man Two, maybe. Um, obviously, God Final of Fantasy Sixteen. Ah, Dead Space, man, for sure. <laughs> um, Breath of the Wild Two, maybe. But like, you know, that's just kind of the level we're talking about. That's for me. I think that this this game is that good, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I'm excited. It seems like everything that we've heard about from the remake is positive. Um, you know, they're actually checking in apparently every couple weeks with mega, so-called mega fans of the series to make sure that they're doing it right. You know, they're integrating some new um, some new things that they're kind of inspired by. You know, I already know what I'm going to say with the God of War, like single shot thing, uh, which is really cool, right? Where it's like supposedly there's no cuts in the entire game, uh, camera cuts except for when you die, which is pretty cool. Uh, I always like that. It just obviously adds to the immersion and doesn't let you breathe. Uh, which you don't want to breathe in these kind of games, right? You want to feel scared. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, I, 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 I love Dead Space. I was scared that the franchise was dead. Very happy to see it coming back, and uh, hopefully it gets the respect it deserves for sure because it deserved more respect than it got. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, again, Electronic Arts. They're yeah, just such muddling in all these studios. Oh, dude, insert this, insert this, and then, oh, why is this the worst game in the franchise? Dude, <laughs> every every fucking game in like 2012 had some multiplayer co-op component tacked onto it. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, Dead Space Two had a multiplayer mode. Just dumb. <laughs> um, uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was that made it so iconic was the deaths, like the way that your guy yeah. could die. Uh, yeah. Everyone, if you want to look one up, the Dead Space Two needle to the eye uh, <laughs> is is a great one. That's like. There's a, there's a device, I forget why you have to do it, it's like a retinal scan, but it scans you by sticking a needle in your eye, and you have to <laughs> manually control the needle, and if you miss this needle, a giant needle just plunges right through your skull and through your <laughs> eye, and it's just the, it's it pretty gruesome. There's probably some great yeah. compilations of all the deaths in that game, but I think that was, you know, 
one of the highlights was all the and it definitely you can see that when they're hyping up Callisto Protocol too is uh-huh. they make sure to show some of the gruesome deaths and that so that is that is definitely a key takeaway from the franchise is just like oh my god oh how did he, I, that's what I, happens I think uh, I think the Callisto Protocol has a trophy for seeing every single death animation so <laughs> obviously Glenn Glenn Schofield the creator of Dead Space now the creator of Callisto Protocol he's got a He's got a hard on for uh, gruesome deaths, I guess, because he does. He he's, makes that a, a focal point of his games. <laughs> That's someone's job to animate all those deaths. Yep. <laughs> someone's that, job that, that to can't animate be everything in games. No, no, it can't. <laughs> no, it can't. Because they gotta look at like real footage, right? If you want to like get it right, like how it would look, and I imagine yeah, you would you would want to see how does it how does a human body react when a uh, you know three inch. De- through their chin, you know, like, yeah, what, do you, what happens? So, yeah, you'd probably go some down some pretty dark holes, I would imagine. But. Yeah, but... Yeah, it, what a what a great franchise, and like I said, it's like, it definitely, it was inspired by Resident Evil, but it, oh, yeah. it kind of took, like, the the space theme, the deaths, the, the, again, the new way to kill enemies, you know, not just shooting them in the face, you know, it brought so many, as we like we talked about ghosts, you know, a lot of new elements to a, a genre that we're used to playing a lot, but with all these unique additions really stood out. And uh, that's why it's, yeah, I, I'm with you, John. One of my, probably my favorite horror franchise in gaming yeah. is, is Dead Space, so. Yeah. All right. So, what was it? January. Of ne- January of 2023 will be, we'll be yeah, back. Yeah, what is... Does it have it? It's got to have an official date, right? I'm sure. Yeah. It let, me, yeah. let me see. Hold on, hold on, folks. January twenty seventh. January twenty seventh. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be cool. we'll be back, and as as we mentioned, it's a bummer that this isn't going to lead to a sequel that we already know that Iron Man's coming. Fuck you, oh, Iron man. man. Oh man, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Everybody, watch. I think you should leave if you've never seen. I think you should leave. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Moving on. Well, Final topic. Yeah, so just real quick, uh, just kind of an update on games I am playing. So real quick here, Disco Elysium, I am still uh, making my way through that. It's still uh, really, really, really good. You know, I... uh, But the the same things kind of persist where it's like, I'm really never excited to jump into it, but the moment I am, I am hooked. And uh, I think I'm getting towards the end. It's really hard to to tell based on the open-ended nature of it, but the writing continues to be fantastic, funny, serious, all the the things you would look for. Characters are are 10 out of 10, and um, yeah, I'm definitely excited to to see what the murder mystery takes me in. So I'll definitely have some more thoughts on that once I finish Mm -hmm. it, but... Mm -hmm. But being a, a gameplay-focused gamer, you know, I, I, I am definitely missing that when it comes to uh, my nightly gaming session. So I've needed to supplement Disco Elysium uh, with, a, with another game, and this is about as gameplay-heavy as you can possibly get, uh, and that is Cuphead. Um, Nick, have you ever played Cuphead? Have you ever played it at all? I have not played a single second of it. Okay. This game... For those who don't know, it's a boss rush, boss rush game, right? You know, you're you're really only fighting uh, a single large health bar enemy in every stage. But uh, this is one of those games, you know, Nick. We talk about every once in a while. It's like if we were to make a perfect games list, you know, this would mm-hmm. for sure, this would for sure be a contender. Um, yep. You know, it's not for, it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's very, very, very difficult, intentionally so. But it's also one of the fairest games that I've ever played. Um, 
you know, like I said, it's a boss rush game. So you go through these kind of worlds one at a time. There's there's three different worlds with a bonus one at the end with about six or seven bosses on each island. And every single time, without fail, when you come across a new boss, at least when I did for the first time, I would die probably 20 times. But by the 25th time, I probably had it beat, which means that the game is... Again, it's very fair. It teaches you the rules you need to have. It shows you what the enemy is going to do, right? It's all about learning the patterns of the boss and adapting to that, picking the right ammo and things to use. But it just, it feels so rewarding every single time because, you know, you're getting your shit kicked in repetitively and you're, you're inching your way closer and closer and closer to the end of the level. And it's, it's really nice in the fact that each of these bosses can be completed under two minutes with the exception of, I believe, one. So it's obviously very quick. You know, you die, you can get right back into it. You can get right back into it. Try again, try again. And also when you do die, there's like a little, uh, finish line that the little cuphead figure kind of runs across and you know obviously if you get to the the end of it you've beaten the the guy so you know exactly how far into the fight you've gotten because there's no health bar while you're doing it it's just you're kind of just you know it's bullet hellish right so you're trying to avoid things while hitting the enemy at the same time so there's lots going on but it just feeds into this loop where it's just you know one, one more try one more try one more try and then when you combine all of that all of this pixel perfect gameplay and fun exciting bosses and when you add in the animation hmm. and the art style, which I don't think I need to at this point, being that this game came out, I think in 2017, it's five years old at this point. I don't think I need to drive home the point of the animation of this game, but if you don't, if you have never seen this game, look it up because it is probably, I, I think it's probably would make a case for the greatest art style slash animation of all time. And I, I don't say that lightly and I'm not exaggerating, but this was a, this is an entirely hand-drawn game, hand-drawn game with the style of the 1930s and 1940s cartoons, but animated to perfection. Like you cannot believe some of the things that these bosses transform into. And like, obviously they're phases, so they're transforming throughout the fights and you never know what you're gonna see. Um, but I really just wanted to give this game a special shout out. I I beat it on the Switch um, probably about a year ago, and uh, I just I had to buy it again on PlayStation. I, I didn't want to for a while, but with the release of the DLC, especially that they released that DLC for $7.99, which is fucking awesome that they you know spent years and years and years working on this and obviously put love and care and passion into it and decided to just release it for seven not even like 9.99 not even squeeze a couple extra bucks which they could have by the way easily they could have gotten away with 19.99 honestly for it and they didn't so i saw that had to buy it for playstation obviously being a trophy platinum trophy whore that i am check that out and <laughs> i think i think i'm gonna go for it because although it is incredibly difficult again the game is so good and so fair that I, I'm pretty sure I can get all this stuff done if I have the patience. You know, again, it's it's nice that if I want to play disco, I, I can start my gaming night. I'll try, I'll give three attempts to a boss. If I get it, I great. If I don't, whatever. And then I play my other games. But I can chip away at it for a while. So I think I'll be doing that going forward for a bit here. But um, truly one of the greats, man. It's um, it's it stinks that so much effort and love needs to go into this kind of game that you, you know there's no way to get more of it more frequently but if M, I think the studio is a MDHR studios if this is all they do you know obviously they have a like a ridiculous level of artistic ability so I'm sure whatever it is they do whether it's Cuphead or something else going forward it's going to have that same level of beauty to it um, but take all, take all the time you need um, 
Nick, is there anything that that I could say or do to get you to play this game, or is this not, not is this not for you at all? Uh, well, if it comes the PlayStation Extra tier, uh, okay. <laughs> then I might then I might check it out. We still don't know what those October games are, so we'll yeah. see. It um, have, not be have you have you touched the new stuff, the DLC yet? I know since you're replaying it on so on PlayStation, you might not have access to it yet. But have you have you tried out the the new stuff? Uh, yeah, so uh, just a little bit. Um, you know, the, the way that it kind of works is when you go to a new island, it's kind of sectioned off, right? So I, you usually have one to two bosses you can pick from, and then if you beat that boss, that opens a door, which goes to another section. So right now I only have uh, two bosses to choose from, and I've only tried one, but, you know, it's... Um, it's a little bit harder. I don't know if that's because I don't know the enemy patterns. Like, obviously, I did on the uh, the old game since I beat it on Switch. But the quality is every bit there. The um, the bosses look amazing. Um, there's surprises kind of, again, in every phase. And, you know, for $7.99, it's one of the best. Like, I just, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And I, I knew, I think it sold a million copies, the DLC did, within like the first week. So they at least got, you know, I guess eight million bucks right there. <laughs> but um, they just des- they deserve more, man. I almost want to reach the screen and be like, charge me more for this. You guys deserve more than this. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's truly special. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy I bought it again and, and excited to, to go through it. I think, I think you would dig it, Nick, but just... Again, a word word of caution for all of those out there. It's very, very hard. Um, I bounced off of it for probably a year or a year and a half until I finally sat down and put the effort into it. Like I said, that 20 death until you finally get it and then it clicks and then you can you know that you have the confidence in you. And so this game's all about confidence. As I've been going through it and like coming across enemies that I hated the first run through, I'm just like, oh, you motherfucker. And then I go through it and I'm like, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. And then you kind of rinse and repeat and every single time it feels good um, to get through something. And, uh, you know, I... Uh, I respect it. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Well, we'll see. I guess I can't. Be, I will not be mad if you can get this platinum. I, I'll have to throw. Yeah. Up some oh, you respect. better respect. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I will not listen to any of that. If you say, "Oh, good job, John," oh, another small indie game. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, you're just paying your penance for the I am Mayo. Um, I am <laughs> Mayo uh, platinums that I you was, have. I was a boy, all right? I was a child. You cannot hold that against me anymore. <laughs> well, if you get the platinum for Cuphead, then all is forgiven. Okay. My, my, gamer, my gamer status is, is restored. Yeah, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. good. <laughs> all right. Well, there is six things. We are done. The first podcast of October is done. Uh, what do we got to tease for next week? I will be putting the finishing touches on Spirit Fair, and I will be jumping into The Last of Us Part One. Yeah. <sighs> I gotta mentally steal myself for that opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get ready. But As we've it's talked gonna look, about. It's gonna look even more horrible. <laughs> yeah, so uh, excited for that. It, it, again, it, I was looking for a horror game, and this kind of, and I wanted to check this out. So this is going to kill wow. two birds with one stone. So And your, your good buddy John, you know, so graciously. Okay, you know. John's letting me borrow his copy. He's the one who yeah. got it. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what yeah, about... For, what, what, go for ahead. Me, uh, yeah, I was going to say, for me, I, I'm going to, you know, keep... I, I, I got I to gotta beat Disco Elysium. I... 
love it, and I at this point, you know, just can't can't get myself distracted with all the the goodies that I have. So gonna <laughs> really try to beat through that. Um, and then it's going to kind of depend on how much time I have between now and God of War. If I have yep. enough time, if I have enough time to beat another big game, I might start one. But if not, I think Chicory is kind of in my, my crosshairs and might be the, the perfect size game to get through until uh, November 9th when everything else needs to take a back seat. But probably for not too long because I'm going to devour that game. Okay. All right. And then those October extra tier and premium tier games have got to be announced That's next true. week because the third Tuesday will be the week after that. So they have to let us know what those are. So that will definitely be something we'll be talking about. Hopefully they can keep up this cadence of amazing games. So They're going um, to launch Gotham Knights Day and Date with that strike. Oh <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned no, that, 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 that. That makes me think that Game yeah, Pass that is getting a Plague Tale Requiem on day and day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. not that I, again, I, I don't, that's not a big deal to me, but, and I know that's not what PlayStation is going to do, but it would be nice yeah. if, if some a game like Stray, if we could get another indie game to fit that kind of yeah, day man. and date. We'll but. get uh, Skull and Bones, it'll be awesome. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> if only, well, we know the release date, and we know it's not the third Tuesday of the month, so if it maybe if it had the third Tuesday of the month release date. <laughs> I mean, on, honestly, I say that kind of jokingly, but, like, that's probably the only way that game can maybe succeed. They have to, they would just have to get, like, trying to sell, it's going to, Destruction All-Stars all written over that, man. You cannot charge $70 <laughs> for something like that. Right. Get it for free, hope you find a base, and then make microtransactions or something. I don't know. That's true. That's true. Um, we'll see. All right. I digress. What song are we leaving them on, John? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, we are leaving them on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Nick. Hold You're on. the talent of the show, huh? Nick. Nick, hold on. Hold, hold on. I got it. If you don't got it, I got it. Because nope, someone nope, came nope. prepared. Nope. Hold on. Hold on. Aviary Action by Christopher Madigan from Cuphead. This is. Uh, one of the one of the standout tracks, I think, for me, super. You know, it's it's going to give you a, a vibe of the game immediately mm-hmm. listening to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, enjoy Aviary Action. All right. Well, that's it. That is six things. We thank you for listening again. If you have any questions, again, PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com for all your questions. We will definitely read them if you want us to talk about something. So. Again, if my thanks. audio sucks, uh, write in hate mail directed at Nick. Sorry, you have to beat that out. <laughs> Whoops. At least you're the worst. I know. Love you. <laughs> All right. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>